Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Firms Consulting podcast. And today I've got a pretty interesting topic to talk about, and it's basically about the way big data is changing the way we do case interviews at Firms Consulting. And it's interesting because of the way we are applying big data, but it's also interesting because of some of the insights that we have here, right? So that, let me just talk through some of the background here. About two years ago, I think it must have been, maybe two or three years ago, I put out a podcast, well, not a podcast, I put out an article about the way we've taken the data from each client and extracted it into a spreadsheet. And I'm now using that spreadsheet to build a model where we can predict things. So let me give you an example of how we collect this data, right? When I do a session with a client, I capture quite a lot of information actually. So in front of me, there's a sheet, it's huge. On the sheet are things like, was the client on time for the call? Was the client set up for the call? Did the client prepare for the session? How many questions does the client ask? How long do they take to answer the first question? What kind of mistakes do they make? If you do a case with me, you can hear in the background, I'm busy filling out this thing, right? So what happens is that once a session is over, we have that data. All the calls are recorded. So that information is taken using drag and dictate and we transcribe it into text. That is then fed into a model where we can do a count again of information, questions answered, how long it took, and so on, right? The bottom line is that we count over 242 variables per session per client. The most mundane things like did the client confirm the session beforehand? Was the client on time? Did the client's system work? Did the client take the call from their mobile phone? Did they take it from their laptop? Did they take it while they were doing other things, such as being distracted and so on? Now, when I started this exercise, most people thought I was crazy and they thought I was wasting my time. For a long time, I was wasting my time. I was busy sitting there collecting all this data. And, you know, previously firms consulting had other people doing this and I forced them to collect it as well. But now I'm the only partner running the case interview training side of the business, so it's easier for me to do this, right? So... We have this data for about 509 clients who got into BCG Bain and McKinsey. We've got the data for about another 250 clients who didn't get into BCG Bain and McKinsey, but got into other companies like Deloitte and so on. And then we have this data for another 100 or so clients who are active with us. They still they still have to interview, right? So we got this pretty big model. It's huge. 800 clients over something like, on, we, on average, you do about 15 sessions per, with a client, and that excludes the data we collected by editing their resumes and so on, right? And the resume editing side, I'll talk you through briefly through some of the data we collect. One is how much did they follow the advice we gave them? How long did it take them to edit their resumes? What was the turnaround time between when I sent it to them and when they sent it back to us? We collect quite a lot of things, but altogether 242 metrics. I probably could put in more metrics, but it takes a lot of time to do that, right? Now, since the middle of 2014, well, not the middle, I'd say the, towards Halloween of 2014, end of October, 
we've been using that model to do two things. When someone writes to us and wants to join our program, we can start comparing their profile versus the profiles in the model. So it can tell us, okay, based on this person's profile, how are they likely to do versus other clients? Second, when people join the program, the model tells them, the model tells us how they are doing. So once they finish session one and we upload all their stuff into the model, the model then draws correlations and says, based on the way this person has been behaving in this session and maybe session two, this is how they are likely to perform given the correlation to other candidates. Now, the model has pretty much surprised us, right? One of the things you will notice is that sometimes you get emails from me out of the blue checking up on you. Well, one of the reasons as a client I'm doing that is the model is predicting there's a problem, right? Based on your behavior, based on your profile, based on the way you're acting, other clients have done the same things. They've experienced a problem. So I see this red flashing sign in this pretty large database model that we've built. Now, let's look at some of the more interesting correlations here. I mean, there's a lot I can talk about, and I was going to talk about the most important things, the most counterintuitive things, right? And there's a lot, so I'm going to pick some at random here just to talk through the things that I think are interesting. The first one, right? Let's assume you're an Asian female. If you have a flat or a low voice, you have an exponentially higher probability of getting an offer versus someone who speaks with a high-pitched voice. I mean, I could speculate about the causality, but the correlation is pretty clear. That probability goes up even higher if you are an Asian female, not applying in the West, but applying in Asia. For some reason, lower voices are seen as being more prestigious in Asian cultures. Probably it means you are more Westernized. Right? So that's a very bizarre thing. In fact, sometimes when we're interviewing female clients, we consider their voice when we make decisions now whether to bring them into the program because you know there's such a strong correlation, right? So that's one of the things we look for. The other thing we look at is this. We look at the number of people who actually pick up the phone and call us. As bizarre as this may sound, but there's almost 100%, according to the model, and this is based on you know anecdotal evidence as well that will support it, is that if you pick up the phone and call us, there's an almost 100% probability you're not going to be placed. And it, that one took me a long time to figure out. But what I think it means is that when people, you know, they, when they actually take the time to pick up a phone and they call me to speak to me, they tend to be quite anxious or they tend to be quite worried. There are people who usually are quite worried about their preparation, so they actually go through that hurdle of picking up the phone to call me. And because they're so worried and so anxious, it actually hurts their preparation, which is very interesting, right? People who, people who take a long time to respond to emails that we send to them almost always do worse in the program. I don't know what the causality for that one is, but the model is pretty clear about that one as well. People who don't want to move their session. So, for example, let's assume I've got a session with you on 5 p.m. on a Friday, and I write to you on Thursday saying, hey, you know, Peter, I've got a client who's interviewing that night, and he wants to know if he can have your session. If you say no, I'm okay with it, but I'm just checking with you. Clients who are inflexible with their time almost always do bad with the program. Almost always do badly with the program, right? It's, it's almost uncanny how close the correlation is, right? And this is across about 700 to, well, let's forget the last 100 that are still working with us. But let's say across 750 clients, right? The model is pretty clear. If you're inflexible, you're going to do badly, right? 
females who start practicing early with their colleagues before they've gone to the program with us almost always do badly. That one I've never been able to figure out. I will have to spend some time trying to figure it out. But females who go to the program do badly if they're practicing with their colleagues when they start the program with us. Females who are referred by other females tend to do very badly as well. Females who apply by themselves without a referral do much better. I mean, the, the statistically significant differences here, right? Again, I, I, I can speculate about why that is the case. My guess is that there's a very negative self-selection taking place whereby a female is referring another female who they, who they think needs a lot of help, but maybe the help is more than we can offer. But females who find our program by themselves and apply tend to do better when they apply by themselves versus getting a referral from someone who's been through the program. That one to me is weird because there's so many females are now the dominant group in our program, right? So hard to understand. We'll have to work on that, but that happens, right? People who don't submit full applications when they want to join our program almost always do badly. There's no even contest there. And it could be any number of reasons. My feeling is that when someone applies to our program, they don't submit the file application. They're, they are not really interested in joining. They just sent through an application and they were hoping to get a bite, but they weren't really sincere. They haven't really done any of the homework and so on. Clients who, well, here's an interesting one, right? Let's assume I know you are a military officer, for example, and you're from Thailand and you are trying to transition into consulting and you're doing your MBA at uh, Ross School of Business, for example. So if I see that you fit that profile, I may say, hey, you know what? There's someone who has a similar profile to you. Why don't you write to them? Now, we find that when clients where we, where we offer to put them in touch with someone else who are hesitant to take up the offer almost always do badly because we find they're almost too reserved. The flip side of that is clients who are very aggressive about finding practice partners do pretty poorly, right? Other data, clients who are in touch with us often, so they keep touch base with me every three or four days to the program, always do better than clients who don't keep much contact with me. Clients who, who send me three emails a day are almost always going to do bad. It's not because of the emails, it's what the email signifies. They lack a lot of confidence and they are probably spending too much time on this, right? Now, the bottom line is that I can go through so much correlations and statistical analysis that we pull, but the point is this. We now use this model quite heavily when we do selections. You know, we've pushed into areas of hiring, of bringing candidates and all parts of the world who seemingly have no hope in hell. You know, Snowball has a greater chance than these guys getting through. But we brought them in, not just because we're going out in the wing of a prayer, but because the model is telling us that, you know what, there's a, if you look at this person, the way they've communicated and the way they've behaved, there's a high probability they'll do well. Now, again, I fully admit that we don't know the causality for, for all of these things, but it doesn't matter. The correlation is good enough for us, right? And there are going to be times we're going to make mistakes whereby the correlation applies under certain conditions, which maybe just didn't apply in this case, even though the causality was there. And that's okay. But I can tell you right now, we've definitely become far more better at placing clients through this model. We kept the model sitting on an air-blocked laptop so that it's very hard for anyone to even download it inadvertently. 
but this has made our lives a whole lot easier. And my guess is that if consulting firms were better at collecting the data for the people they interviewed, I'm sure they'd be wildly more effective than we are. We've only got data for about 750 to 850 people, right? Now, granted, we've collected a lot more data than what a consulting firm would collect for those people. But if consulting firms were much better at collecting data, I can just imagine how much more successful they would be at at the people they bring in and the people they get placed, right? Because think about it. We're basically doing the same thing. We're bringing in people and we're putting them in for interviews. Why can consulting firms do the same thing? Bring in people that have a higher probability of getting placed. Think how much money it would save these consulting firms if they didn't waste it on people that had a lower probability of getting placed. So there will be many more podcasts about the big data model we are using, but it's definitely, definitely been enormously influential within firms consulting and the way we make decisions. And, you know, for a long time, things were in my head where I'd say, well, I know a client did this, but over the last two years, they're not these these uh, connections and relationships are no longer in my head. The point is it has proven to be very accurate. And my gut is that we're going to be using it even f- more going forward. On the executive program side, the executive program is new. It's only two years old. But over time, we will build this out. And over time, we hope to build out data from the subscription side of the program as well. And then the model should only become more and more accurate. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.